You know, when I think about entering into promise, and I was thinking about this theme, you know, I was thinking about the desert as well. I really thought about it. I was like, you know what, Lord, there's some things. How many of you know that there's some things we have to leave in the desert? You know, so if you're going to take notes, and I encourage you to take notes, you can just write down the message title, Leave It in the Desert. You know, I think there's some things in our lives that God wants us to, to put aside before we enter into promise. So if you have your Bibles, do you guys have your Bible? Who's your Bibles? Say amen if you have your Bible. Amen. Well, let's start, and if you could open your Bible with me to Hebrews 12, we're just going to begin right there. At Hebrews 12, verses 1, here we go. It says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race. that are set before us. Looking into, unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You know, and I read this chat, I read, I read this, this, this scripture and I thought to myself, man, you know, and so oftentimes we, we, there's an emphasis on, 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 on sin in our lives, right? And it's true, it's true that we should lay aside the sin. I mean, I think of sin and I think, okay, we know what sin is, right? We, the Bible's very clear on the things that are, that are sin in our lives. But there's another piece of this, there's another piece of this that's, um, that, that it, says, it, says, it says, let us lay aside every weight, and you know, I think sometimes we, we do a pretty decent job at laying aside the sin in our lives, but we allow a lot of weight. We allow a lot of weight in our lives. And you may say to me, Dan, well, what's a weight? What is a weight in my life? You know, and, 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 I, and I would say many things can be weights in our lives. You know, maybe, you know, there's some things that are sin that, you know, we know are outright sin and it's like, okay, great. But, but it's also, I think, important that we start to ask God to convict us about the weights that are ensnaring us, that are holding us back in the desert. And so, as I thought about it, I said, Lord, what are some weights? And, and the Lord did a work in my heart, and I started realizing that we have so many things in our lives that maybe we haven't even asked God if He wants those things in our lives. You know, someone once said to me, I heard a preacher once say, he said, you know, he said, have you ever asked God if He wants TV in your life? Have you ever asked God and said, God, is, who, who told us that TV's okay? You know, at what point did God tell you, hey, I want you watching TV as much as you can? You know, hey, you know, I want all yokes on social media. I just want you there. You know? And so I think about our lives and I think, you know, there are things in our lives sometimes that are weights. And, it's, and, 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 and we, we, we come and read our daily Bible reading in the morning. And we ask God, Lord, I want you to change my life. I want you to do something in my heart. But then we go on Instagram for two hours, and before you know, we don't even know what we read in the morning, and it didn't even have a chance to take root because before you know it, the weights are on you. The weights are back on your shoulders. 
So I'd encourage you even just off the bat to, to start to ask the Lord, Lord, what's a weight in my life? What is a weight in my life that I don't need to have? And I'll tell you, it's going to come with a bit of a cost. It'll come with a cost. You know, when we think about, when we think about following Christ, you know, we hear amazing testimonies of what a life following Christ is like. And it really is incredible how God can take our broken lives and change them entirely. But we often forget about the cost involved. And we often don't like to think about the cost involved of following Christ. When it's, when it's about laying aside sin, some of us can get there. And, and even then, some of us still like to hold on to some sin. We like to say, you know what, God, I think this is just my thing to struggle with. You know, maybe, maybe it's just a little bit of pride. It's just a little bit of envy. It's just a little bit of covetousness. Ah, but I'm not killing anyone. Ish, ish. I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having an affair. Or maybe you are. You know, but, but the question is, we look at things and we say, Lord, I, I want to live for you. I want to be a believer. I want to come. But, but the enemy knows you're already beset. You're already ensnared. He actually doesn't have to do anything. It says, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangle us, that so easily ensnare us. And I just believe that God's wanting to do a work in our hearts to say, I don't want you to be ensnared anymore. But are you willing to pick up your cross? Are you willing to lay it down? Are you willing to take up the cost? I think something that's not very popular to talk about and something we don't necessarily like to think about as believers sometimes is, is, is the suffering associated with following Christ. How many of you have been through a suffering in your life? How many of you felt like, man, following Christ, I'm going to be honest, I'm actually suffering sometimes. How many of you, put, I mean, feel free, I'm, I'm, my hand's up right now. <laughs> We're like, yeah, guys, I'm following the Lord, but I am, sometimes it is so tough. You felt that way? Right? I, I'm the only one, <laughs> you know? But we look at it and say, Lord, how can we follow you? What a, like, and we get confused because we have a lot of people telling us, hey, follow Christ and you know what? You're just going to have all your dreams come to pass. You're just going to have everything you ever wanted just come. You'll have all the things. But oftentimes those are things associated with the fulfillment of our flesh. But how many of you know that God has something up, else up his sleeve? He has something else he's trying to do in your life. He has something else he's trying to do. And one of the ways he uses it, one of the ways he does it is through suffering. He does it through suffering. You know, I think we're in a state in the church where we have lost the value of a consecrated life. Where we would rather believe and have, a, have faith that God just covers everything. And he, and he does. He does forgive us and his grace is always sufficient. But there comes a point where we say, Lord, I'm actually now going to consecrate my life for you. It's actually my, my fear for you is so great that, and my love for you is so great that I don't want to. I care so much about my love for you and my relationship with you that I don't want this sin in my life anymore. I don't want to tolerate this because it hinders my heart being in love with you. It hinders my heart being in fellowship with you. And so we're willing to sometimes sacrifice our relationship with Christ 
for the things that are ensnaring us and we're wondering why we're not feeling close to God. We're wondering why we're not feeling his sustaining power through the hardship. We're not feeling his, his, the life inside of us when we're going through. We're not, we're not feeling the joy when we're going through hardship. Because often our hardship is brought about by our own sin. I don't want you to be confused when I say suffering. There's a suffering that comes about when we sin. And it's a suffering that we bring upon ourselves. Now, God will be there for you. He can help you through that. But then there's a suffering of God's will in your life. And it's a very different kind of suffering. You know, something I've seen is, I've seen a lot of Christians very discouraged when they don't see things kind of going the way they expected. When they think, you know, God, you... you you saved me. You did a work in my heart. I felt a joy. I saw every bird singing. I saw the trees just looking extra beautiful. The sun was just, eish. You ever felt that way? When you give your life to the Lord. And even there's moments where you're like, Lord, there's just, shish, nothing can be wrong out here. And those are beautiful moments with the Lord. But sometimes when hardship comes, we then start to doubt. Is God even, where is God? God, you know, I, you guys, you know what? I tried, I tried to believe in God. Things went whack for me. And, uh, yeah, and then since I've stopped reading my Bible, actually things are easier. <laughs> Have you ever, has anybody ever said that to you? Have you ever had any of that happen? Have you ever felt that way in your life? Have you ever had something you're trying to overcome in your life and you say, hey, I'm going to read my, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to take God serious. I'm going to get in my word. I'm going to start. And then you start getting tempted like crazy. And then you stop reading your Bible for some time. You're just, you know, just doing your general thing. And you're just like left alone. You're just enjoying. You're like, shucks, I just, I'm actually overcoming. <laughs> you know? But I want to encourage you with something here. Can we look into the scriptures and can I give you some encouragement on your journey? Come with me to Hebrews 10. And we're going to go to verse 19. And I really want you to get this here. Verse 19 of Hebrews 10 says this. It says, therefore, are you all there? Amazing. There's no verses on the screen because I want you to see it for yourself. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. We all know those some. But exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, here, here the writer is telling us, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water, with pure water and, and the water of the word in our lives. 
But let us hold fast to the confession and let us stir another. So my desire today is to stir you up to love, to stir you up to good works. And now if you flip over just a few verses, come to Hebrews 10 verse 32. So same chapter, come to 32, it says this. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, right, follow with me, you endured a great struggle with suffering. Partly while you were made a skeptical spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which is great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. How many of you know that God is actually trying to do something? He is trying to create endurance in you. He is trying to actually bring something about on the inside of you. It says, after you illuminated, and this is where it almost feels like, man, I gave my life to God, and then all of a sudden, I was just hit with a great deal of suffering, and I can't explain it, and I'm confused. I felt close to God, but also things didn't seem to go right sometimes. And you start questioning, well, shuck, did I, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Or you, you know? But he's saying you joyfully accept this, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Do you know, it's so amazing that God actually is more interested in your eternity than your life on earth. And I'm so grateful for that because imagine he gave us everything we hoped for here. And then, and, and then we get to eternity and we're like, shucks, God, I would have rather just paid the price up front and had eternity. You know, there was once, um, there was once a street kid that I was uh, driving past and I drive, drive past him basically every day. And he comes to my window. We've, we've kind of become friends a bit. And, uh, you know, he keeps asking me for a dollar. You know that guy. I think you all know this guy, yeah, or at least a, a version of this guy. He just says, can I have a dollar? I'm like, okay, I can give you a dollar. And, then, and so I gave him a few dollars. And then another day I said to him, you know, I've got an idea. I'll make a deal with you. I said, why don't you give me a dollar? I'm like, I know you have a dollar. I'm like, so you give me a dollar today, and tomorrow I'll give you five dollars. Uh, the kid looks at me and he just says, hmm. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever tried asking someone else who's asking you for money for money? It's kind of funny. You should try it next time. You just roll down your window and say, can I, can I have a dollar, please? <laughs> but I asked, I asked him for a dollar. I said, will you give me a dollar and I'll give you five tomorrow? And he just said to me, mm. he couldn't do it. And I thought, is that not exactly how we are with the Lord? Is that not exactly how we are? We want to hold on to our weight. We want to hold on to our sin. We don't want to pick up our cross. At what point will we pick up our cross? At what point will we lay aside the things that are hindering us, the things that are besetting us? At what point will we say, no, God, I'm going for you. If it's the dollar that I have, I want it to be your dollar. You know, it's funny. My, um, my brother John once said to me, he said, if we're going to be worshiping God for eternity, we may as well just get to the point now. <laughs> right? What else are we trying to do? What else are we trying to do? But if we say, no, Lord, you know what? 
I'm actually just coming. You know what? I actually just trust in your plan. It says, verse 36, for you have a need of endurance. You have a need of it. You know, how many of you can say you've been through something very hard? Right? I think we can all say we've been through something very hard in our lives. How many of you can say that produced a fruit in your life? How many of you say there's a fruit I have that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't gone through something hard? How many of you would let me take that from you? Probably not. You look at that hardship. In the moment, did you hate it? You hated it. You're like, shucks. Lord, if you get me out, you know those prayers. Lord, if you get me out of this one thing, I will never ask you for anything again. <laughs> you know, we all prayed those prayers. But we asked the Lord, we asked the Lord for those kind of things. We're saying, God, hey, sh- I pr- I, this one, I mean it. This one, I mean, if you get me out of this, I, I, I will never, you know, then, one month later, there you are again, uh, Lord, this one for, for sure, you know. But you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So you say to me, but Dan, are you sure about this? This doesn't sound like what some other oaks are preaching. This doesn't sound like, this doesn't sound like, this sounds tough. It is tough. But God's after something deeper in your life. He's after something that is better for your life. And if, it's what, if it costs us this life, and if Jesus is our example, then I say we accept it. I love this, that it says, therefore, in verse 35, therefore do not cast away your confidence which has a great reward. And so you say to me, but Dan, like, how are you sure that this is God's will? Well, let me, let me show you. <laughs> will you turn with me to Philippians chapter 1? In your own Bibles, just turn to Philippians chapter 1 quickly. I'm going to put my mic down and turn there myself. <laughs> Are you there? Okay, so Philippians chapter 1. I know you've all read this probably a thousand times. But let's go down to verse 27. It says this. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition. <clears throat> it didn't say you won't have any adversaries. It says not any way terrified by your adversaries. 
but to you of salvation, and that from God. Here we go. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. You know, I don't know if you've ever read this before, but it says it has been granted on behalf of Christ for you, not only to believe, but also to suffer for his sake. Would you have ever thought the will of God for you is to suffer? For his sake. Not the suffering of your sin, not the suffering of these things, but for his sake. And you say to me, Ish, Dan, this is, this is something else. This, what in the world is going on here? You may even say, but why? Why, Dan? I feel like I've been suffering. I already feel like I've been suffering. And now I'm saying to those of you who've already, you've already laid aside your sins. You've already laid aside your weight. You're trying. You know, all the different stages in this. But you're there saying, but Dan, I'm just still sometimes. Well, turn with me to James. James chapter 1. Are you there? Okay, so James chapter 1 says this. Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you know that God's actually after producing, once again, something deeper in you? Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials. Okay, now let's go to another verse. Turn with me to Romans 5. I'll let you all get there. Romans 5. Flip over Romans 5. And we're going to start in verse 3. And it says this, it says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance, and the perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Listen, for some of you here, God is not interested in just bringing things to you. He's more interested in what he's doing inside of you. He's more interested in producing a hope that doesn't disappoint. Because guess what? Everything else will disappoint. Everything else we look at in this world will disappoint. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty disappointed in the world right now. Is anybody else disappointed in the world? But the Lord is the anchor of our souls. He is the anchor. So for some of you are saying, but Dan, 
And some of you get this already. Some of you are saying, I know, I've already tasted of the hope. Some of you already said just now, I would not take away that suffering that produced the fruit in my life. You've already said it. You can taste the fruit and you wouldn't trade that fruit for anything. But that's why we must encourage one another. We must stir each other to love, to good works, to say, keep going. Do not throw off your, com- your confidence because there's a great reward in your confidence. Hold on to your confidence. Don't lose hope yet. Do not lose hope. Let's encourage one another to the end. Put aside your weights. Put aside your sins. Now I want you to turn with me to Psalm 73. And this is a chapter that changed my life. Are you there? All right, so it says this. It says, now I want you to read along with me. It says, truly God is good to Israel. And you can put your name in there. (laughs) To such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled Why? My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. The problem is some of us are looking at the wicked saying, but why are they prospering? Why are the wicked prospering and your feet are stumbling? You're comparing yourself to the the wicked of the world. And you're saying, but Lord, shucks, my life doesn't look like this. These guys are just flying in life. And I seem to be struggling in life. Hmm, maybe, I need to, maybe I need to just visualize some more. Maybe I need to... It's nonsense. Let's keep going. For there's no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. Have you ever felt this way about the world? Their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Have you ever looked at someone and felt this way? Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than their heart could wish. They scoff and they speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here and the waters of a of, of full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain. Have you ever felt this way? Surely, God, have I cleansed my heart in vain? It goes on to say, and wash my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awakes. So, Lord, you awake. You shall despise 
their image. Thus, my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like the beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterwards receive me to glory. I have a news for you. You have not cleansed your heart in vain. And for those of you who say you want to follow Christ, it is time to put aside these things and to take up the cross and to take on the sufferings of what it means to be a believer. Verse 25, who am, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh will fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish, but you have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. May we not be counted as those who desert him. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. I pray you see what the scriptures are saying. That God is more interested in what he is doing inside you than what he is bringing to you. God God is trying to produce something that doesn't disappoint. God is trying to take you through something to learn obedience, to grow fruit in your life, to grow patience, to grow endurance for you have need of it. And in the endurance, in the suffering, he also brings comfort. But let us come boldly with righteousness in our hearts. Let us come with, we can stand with clean, clean hands. Those with the clean hands and a pure heart, they will see the Lord. Let us clean our hands. Let us purify our hearts that we may see the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do this walk as a Christian weighed down and never even I don't want to do this deserting God for harlotry in my life. I don't want to do this holding on to something that I, I know is just besetting me. I'm going to read one more scripture. And it's in Hebrews 12. If you turn there with me again. It's in Hebrews 12. And I'm going to read from verse 5. And it says this. And you having forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And he scourges every son he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is them 
is there whom a father does not chasten. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful at the present, but painful, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight the paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. You know, I think when we think about this, it takes a whole different type of faith. So often we have a faith in our lives for the things we want. We have a faith in our lives for the things that we think that we want to have in our lives. But I'll tell you something, there's there's another faith to have. And it's faith in the Lord's plan. It's faith when you don't see things going the way you hoped, the way you think, the, 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 the way you thought the things should have gone. But to say, I still have faith in your plan. God, I know that your plans towards me are good. I know that your intentions towards me are kind. I know that you have a hope in the future. It does not look like it. That's faith. Lord, I am in a position I can't get myself out of. And I, but I have faith in your plan. God, I don't understand the struggle I'm going through. I don't understand the tribulation. I don't understand the fire. I don't get it. But I have faith in your plan. And you don't need a lot of it. You just need a mustard seed of it. Paul says we had doubts within. We had had fears within and doubts on the outside. We, 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 We were struggling. But we trusted in Christ. May we trust in the plan of the Lord more than our plan. Because if you trust in your plan, it doesn't come through, you'll be disappointed. You'll say, God, I I believed, I did everything I could to try to. But he has, you have need of endurance. You have need of patience. You have need of the fruit of righteousness in your lives that we may decrease and that Christ will increase in our lives. You know, I want to pray I want to pray for you. But I want to pray for two different types of people here. There's some of you in this room who you say to me, Dan, you know what? I've actually never dealt with the things that have been besetting me. I'm still holding on to those things. In fact, 
my walk with the Lord is actually almost, you know, whatever range you're in, it may may, may be even dormant. It may be that you've just become hard and hardened your heart. That there's not the sweetness of fellowship with Christ anymore because we're filling our lives with weights. They may not even be sins, they're just weights. It's just TV. It's just things filling your mind. Your, your heart is not cleansed by the blood and your, and your, and your conscience and, your, and, your, and, your, and your, your body is not washed with the word of the water. And so for you, just I'm going I'm to make an article for you to come up. But there's also another group of people that I want to pray for. And as those of you who say, Dan, sheesh, I've been discouraged. But today I see that in fact, I'm a legitimate son. Some of you, you need to take your discouragement and you need to throw it in the desert and say, you know what, I am a legitimate son. And to embrace the cross to say, God, I am willing to lay down what I think and I'm willing to take up the cross. Though it's painful, though it's uncomfortable, though I don't understand it, I trust in your plan. I trust in your plan. And let me tell you, some of you on here are saying, but Dan, I don't even sometimes know how to have the faith for some of these things. Well, I'll tell you something else, that when you are faithless, He is faithful. So let's stand. So for those of you in you, you say, Dan, you know what? The Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart. The Holy Spirit is touching my heart. Whatever group you're in, I just want you to feel free to make your way to the front and say, Lord, I want to deal with the things in my life. I'm done. I'm done actually just carrying this stuff because it's not working for me. I would rather take the path of endurance with you, Lord. And it's not, it's, listen, it's not easy. It's not an easy path. But it is the path of following the Lord. Just come to find, come to the front, come to the Lord. Let us let, let do a work in our hearts. Let us Holy Spirit refresh us anew. We have a helper, and that is the beautiful thing. We have an ever-present help in a time of need. He is our anchor. He is our rock. He upholds us with His right hand. But let us walk righteously before Him. Let us practice righteousness. Let us pull aside the weights. Spirit, I thank you for everybody who's up here, even those who didn't come up here, who is in their hearts. Lord, you're not limited by space or even a walk to the front. But Lord, for those who even came in faith to the front, Father, 
Lord, I pray that you would do a work in their hearts. Lord, that you would come and that you would do a circumcision of the heart, Father. Lord, that we would not just be men who pay lip service to you. That we would not be men and women who just go about doing the same things to just to just play the show but God that we would be men and women of God who walk righteously who take on the suffering as believers that we may be a fragrance Lord that is pleasing to you and pleasing to others so Lord I pray right now Lord that your Holy Spirit would start to move in the hearts of everybody in this room and everybody up front Lord Lord that you would touch their hearts Lord that you would give us a repentant heart Lord a, a, a repentance, Lord, that it, it's a godly sorrow that does not lead to regret, but to life, Lord. May there be a life in this time. So I just want to encourage you. I'm going to ask my brother to sing. And I just want you to just talk to the Lord. Just talk to him and say, Father deal with my heart, deal with the things in my heart that have held me back Lord, I lay aside these things I choose to take up my cross today I put aside the weights of my life Thanks for listening, for more teachings and videos visit celebrationmen.org